Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Getting your weekend sports talk fix here with the Dopey Millennial Show. My ears are bleeding. From Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Sports Radio, 99 The Game, and the Odyssey app. It is the Dopey Millennial Show. Caleb Johnson here with you as we have a Daytona 500 winner. It's William Byron going to win this. Uh, It looks like it happened under caution as we had the big one with like eight to go that wiped out half the field. And then it looks like as they were going to finish out the race uh, that there was another big wreck. Um, and William Byron ends up winning this thing as this is probably not the best way to have the, the season start off uh, simply from the fact of, and maybe people out there are William Byron fans, that dude is actually... He's the exception to excitement in the sport. Um, Just doesn't have a lot of personality. He's not very exciting to talk to, but, but William Byron, Dom, has a very interesting story. You might be surprised by this. Do you know how William Byron, who just won the Daytona 500, got into racing? I do not. Sim racing. (laughs) Really? Yes. He started off. At 11 years old, at his computer, with a, a yeah, wheel a in his hands and the <laughs> pedals at his feet, because um, there's a there's actually a really cool Netflix uh, docu series that's come out about last year's uh, the like playoff series okay. that that yeah, NASCAR yeah. had, mm-hmm. um, and so they kind of like the quarterback series, you know, and they're doing one in the NBA and uh, they're doing one in. Uh, um, I think they're doing one with Major League Baseball, too, as well. Um, but they kind of covered, you know, some of these racers who were a part of the playoffs. And William Byron was one of the first people that they touched down. And, like, personality-wise, dude is cardboard. You know, just there's nothing there. But his story, incredible. The fact that he, instead of being the five- or six-year-old that was, like, out there racing um, working on the car with his dad, like he was in his room 
for hours playing sim racing. Um, and it worked out, and now the man just won the Daytona 500 in uh, 2024. So kudos to William Byron, even though, um, you know, might be might be boring personality. I'm, that's cool. Though. That's like the equivalent of, like, the person that was, like, really good at, like, the one arcade flight simulator yeah. eventually, like, becoming a pilot. That <laughs> like was, well, that was his, that was his equivalency yeah. was, is they, they interviewed him about it in the docuseries on Netflix, and he was like, yeah, look, it's just like, um, you know, like pilots who practice on this thing. He was like, of course, when I got in the car, it was a completely different feel, and it takes so much more energy out of you uh, because of the force that is going against your body. Um, and, you know, I, I've gotten the the rare privilege of I was driven around Atlanta Motor Speedway by Chase Elliott a few oh, years awesome. ago. And uh, the man look, Dom. The man took his hands off the steering wheel at 109 miles an hour. He was telling me a story, and I was I like I had my phone to the side <laughs> just videoing him. Yeah. And when I went to watch it back, at one point he was making a gesture with both of his hands, and I was like, <laughs> his hands were off the steering wheel entirely, and I could see the speedometer. It's at 109 miles an hour. Um, that's one of those things that I've just. Never will forget. <laughs> Not gonna try and that they, these guys are going double that in, in, you know, in this kind of race. So uh, um, I'm telling you, for all of you people who maybe you're on the fence or maybe you're just, like, mildly curious – Go check out Atlanta Motor Speedway next week, yeah. and you will you will enjoy yourself. If not for the fact of just people watching, then there is the uh, the actual cars and the racing themselves. Yeah. Okay, something that I have anticipated as part of the show for quite some time. I, I alluded to it quite a few different times. The quarterback position when it comes to the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons this year currently have the eighth overall pick in the 2024 draft. There's a lot that they could do with that, but the one thought that a lot of people have is, well, you can't draft a quarterback in this draft at eight because a lot of people view this draft as a top three. There's three guys available, and they're probably going to go one, two, three. So I wanted to go back and just remind myself, and then... Talk to you all about what's happened when teams have traded up, moved up in the first round to go get their quarterback. And how has that worked out? If you take a look at 2023, we know about that trade. The ba- the uh, The Panthers were at pick number nine. Very similar to where the Falcons are right now. They trade with the Bears to go up to number one. They gave up, obviously, the pick swap, going to nine. A second-round pick last year. A first-round pick this year conveniently turned into the number one overall pick. And then a second-round pick in 2025, along with DJ Moore, the wide receiver. Now, we are very early in this process. I don't think anyone feels good in that Panthers organization or in the league in general looking at the Panthers organization in the fact that they drafted Bryce Young, who at the time it felt like for a lot of teams was the consensus number one, number one overall pick. A lot of people, you know, there were, there were those, me, who felt differently about it um, and also felt really silly 
being so determined about an Ohio State quarterback as well. Because I was like, I'm all in on CJ. Also, that may not work. Well, I think the Houston Texans are pretty happy. Year one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's one of those, like, I think they're pretty happy about where they are. And there's a lot of questions to be had about Bryce Young. Yeah. Um, not, and it's not just like, let's set aside what they gave up to move up. It's just the quarterback himself. People don't very feel very confident about the last time before 2023. When did this happen? In 2021, the 49ers went from pick number 12 traded with the dolphins at pick number three. They drafted Trey Lance. A guy who people felt very strongly about one way or another. It was like, we don't have a lot of tape on him. So either you love him and the tape that you've seen or the fact that you don't have a lot of tape on him. And, you know, some of the issues that were kind of sticking out there felt very uncomfortable. He's now on a different team. That did not work out. We, we, can, we can comfortably say the Trey Lance you know, trade-up did not work. Also in 2021, the Bears move up from 20 to 11. They trade with the Giants, move up to 11. They draft Justin Fields, who, if you look at things right now, up and down, but I feel like there's a lot of positivity around Justin Fields. There's plenty of people who have convinced themselves that that's not the guy to trade for. Um, there's plenty of of our, you know, is Chicago going to draft a top quarterback and then still keep Justin around and maybe move on from him later? You know, all of these sorts of things. Regardless of, of how you feel about Justin Fields, no one, I don't think yet, is willing to call that one a bust. However, the Bears moved up from 20 to 11. So so far we've got Panthers trading up from 9 to 1, 49ers trading up from 12 to 3. Both of those have either didn't work out or are looking very shaky. We got the Bears in 21 jumping up from 20 to 11 and mixed feelings about that pick. 2018, the Jets traded up with the Colts, went from 6 To number three, they drafted Sam Darnold. That one did not work out. That one absolutely did not work out. In the same draft, the Bills moved up from 12 to 7 after a trade with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bills in 2018 drafted Josh Allen. Also in 2018, the Arizona Cardinals traded up from 15 to 10 after a trade with the Raiders they selected Josh Rosen woof that one did not work out <laughs> the Rosen one you remember all yeah that? oh I do because look Dom I was the guy defending Josh Rosen in that draft <laughs> because everybody was going oh he's too smart oh he's too smart oh he he cares about other things other than football yeah he's not football and guy. I was like why can't a guy not like why can't he love football also be interested in other things however that one we said did, <laughs> did not work out 2017 
The Bears traded up from three to number two with the 49ers to draft Mitch Trubisky, who, in the year of our Lord 2024, I think is a perfectly fine veteran to sign to a team. Um, to start games, no. To be a veteran backup, I think he is a perfectly serviceable, back, serviceable backup on I your team. I saw him in Pittsburgh. I no, no, not a serviceable back, backup. Really? No, no, you don't think no. serviceable backup? No, no. Mason Rudolph had to come in and like Mason Rudolph literally saved his career because Mitch Trubisky was so bad as a backup. Okay, all right. Well, obviously the trade in 2017 didn't work for the Bears. <laughs> Absolutely not. In the same 2017 draft, the Chiefs traded up from 27 to 10 after a trade with the Bills. 2017, the uh, Chiefs select Patrick Mahomes in that draft. Also in 2017, the Texans trade up from 25 to 12 for Deshaun Watson. That was a trade with who? The Cleveland Browns who now have Deshaun Watson. 2016, the Rams go from 15 to 1, trade up with the Titans to select Jared Goff. The Eagles trade up from 8 to 2 in order to draft Carson Wentz. 2012, the Washington football team goes up from 6 to 2 to draft RG3. After a trade with the Rams, uh, the Jags move up from 16 to 10 to draft Blaine Gabbert. All right, why am I bringing up all of this? Trading up into the top three, history does not speak well for that working out. A lot of people around here have started building the idea of trading up to three for Jaden Daniels is the way to go. I am uncomfortable with that idea only on the fact of history has not spoken well in the last 12 years for teams trading up into the top three to draft that player. Outside of the top three, it's been a, a, a toss-up. I think the one thing to look at overall is the idea of it's a it's a complete toss-up just in general. Like we we talk about all these quarterback evaluators and everything like that. No one really knows what they're doing. But I want to hear from you. 404 726-0929. That is the number to call. Should the Falcons trade up into the top three to take a quarterback? What's your thoughts? We'll talk more about it next on the Dopey Millennial Show, Sports Radio 929 The Game and the Odyssey app. Weekend Sports Talk with the Dopey Millennials Show. Dump the old ish, upgrade to the new. From Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball 
your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Sports Radio, 99 The Game, and the Odyssey app. It is the Dopey Millennial Show. I'm Caleb Johnson, and yes, sometimes we do forget how the in, how long the intro takes <laughs> before it drops. I'm just one of those people, Dom, that, look, I, I grew up around music. I, I, I played instruments uh, while I was in school. Uh, through high school and you know I just I know when a good beat drop is and there's just nothing like it when a uh, when a (laughs) a host is introing a segment uh, than to let for the the beat to get to that point it drops and then you intro but sometimes it takes a little bit long and we waste uh, a few seconds of time all right um, coming up in uh, less than 20 minutes uh, we're going to go and talk to uh, Brady Weiler, who is of uh, GSU Panther Talk. He has been covering the, the Panthers for for years now. Um, as Brady and I have crossed paths um, from I, even from my days at Georgia State, um, that I think he was he may have come in right as I was leaving, something like that. Um, but with the big news this week of uh, or I guess it was of last week now, because we're now on to Monday. Um, of Sean Elliott deciding to leave Georgia State and go to become a tight ends coach at uh, South Carolina. We're going to talk to Brady about the ramifications, why that decision may have happened, and uh, where Georgia State goes from from now. It's going to come up in about uh, like about 16 minutes from now is when we're going to talk to Brady. However, we're continuing the conversation that we started last segment where, look, I just wanted to go through the draft and look at who – has tr- what teams have traded up into the top three, and what players have they drafted? Last year, the Panthers traded up for Bryce Young. 2021, the Niners traded up into the top three for Trey Lance. You uh, go down to 2018 when the Jets traded into the top three for Sam Darnold. 2017, the Bears traded a pick, just going from three to two in order to draft Mitchell Trubisky. You look at 2016 when the Rams went from 15 to 1 to draft Jared uh yeah, Jared Goff um and you you think hey, those don't look like great trades for their respective teams. Um you know, does it necessarily ruin a guy's career? You you look at a Jared Goff and you go, "Okay, well with the second team, seems like things have kind of Worked out a lot better than they did with his initial team. But if you're the Falcons and you're at eight and you're going, do we trade into the top three? That does not mean you can't change history, but history in the last decade does not speak well for a team trading into the top three and drafting a quarterback. Now, I want to ask you, 404-726-0929, do you think the Falcons should trade up 
for a top three pick and choose a quarterback. We'll start with Brian in Atlanta. Brian, what are your thoughts? I, Caleb, you're talking about trading up. Everyone's you know talking about trading up. You got to understand the Falcons have so many deficiencies right now. So many deficiencies. I personally think they need to trade back. They okay. do not need to stay at eight. They need to trade back. They're not going to. They they don't need to give up too much draft capital to try to go up and take a chance to get a Jaden Daniels. There's a lot more than just Jaden Daniels or the quarterback. You got I if I remember correctly, you have one receiver that's under contract <laughs> going into next year. Drake London, yeah. There are so many so many holes on this team. Personally, what is if I'm running the team, I'm looking to trade back, move Kyle Pitts as well i'm not picking up that fifth year option i'm letting him walk that is something that they can just take that as a loss he is not shown to be healthy and even when he's out there it doesn't look like he really gives a crap about shows any passion for the game so maybe i'm just hating on kyle pitts but Eh, that's another story but (laughs) i i would trade back go after a verse from florida state who could be somewhere in the low teens if you want to trade back even further, you can get a Kool-Aid McKinstry, a, a DB. There's just too many holes to fill. Regarding the quarterback situation, you're just going to have to go out and try to hopefully get lucky with a Russell Wilson, with a um, the dude from Tampa Bay last year. Baker Mayfield? Yeah, excuse me, Baker Mayfield. Or if you want to break the bank, you could try to get Kirk Cousins for a couple years at $45 million per. But that's not going to guarantee anything because, Caleb, as, as a Falcon fan, we're, I hate to say this, but we're a poverty franchise. We're the Bill. I mean, we're the, we're the Lions. We're the Browns. We're the Panthers. That, that's kind of where we fall in. We're, we're kind of a laughing stock of the league. And there's just so many holes that I can't trust this general manager to make the pick at three to uh, to turn the franchise around. There's just too many holes to, to move up for me. All right. Thanks for the call, Brian. First off, Brian, very well thought out of his draft plan of what he wants. Like yeah. Um, calling them a poverty franchise, I understand. I understand feeling that way. Yeah. However, yeah. Somebody, somebody's got to change it. Someone has to change it. Like, does it start with Raheem? I sure would like to think so in in changing the feeling around this organization and and how people view this team. It's got to start with with someone, and it's got to start with someone at quarterback as well. And so I think that's why a lot of people are on the now is the the best time as any to trade up and to make that pick. And um, I will say, I I will say this to, to Brian's thought of trading back. Here's here's the deal because the Falcons found themselves in a similar position last year. You got to have a partner. Someone has to want to trade up to your pick in order to take someone that they're very much interested in. Um, you know, does a quarterback fall that someone is interested in and wants to trade up to eight with you? Maybe are you maybe then also interested in that quarterback? We don't know, um, but it's one of those you have to have a trade partner. In order to make that happen, the Falcons either didn't have that last year or were just that sold, uh, you know, on Bijan Robinson. Uh, you know, and you, you think about times past where maybe they could have traded back 
and collected some additional assets. You got to have someone willing to do that. And I just don't know that outside the top three that that is really going to happen because I think there's going to be that run on quarterback. All right. Uh, yo, in Atlanta, we trading up for uh, a top three pick or no? Nah, it's not going to happen. Um, listen, I don't want to be mean, but I'm going to say this. The last caller with that defeatist mentality, that's not who we are. We're Falcon fans. And the thing is, the reason that we keep talking about Justin Fields is because it might be two second-round picks this year or next year. It also might be number eight, right? But if we get them in place, we have the ability to go ahead and build around the rest of the team that's already here. We're not here to fail. We play to win the games. We are fans because we want the team to be successful. Not because we think that, oh, well, everybody else sucks, so we can suck too. That's not it. That's not what being a fan is. Being a fan means that you go out there and you try to put your best product on the field. And when a guy with one wide receiver, a tight end, and half of a running back beats you 37 to 17, you can't sit around and tell me that that's not a guy who was better than your guys. Wait a minute. I'm sorry. Not your guys. Your three guys. Because if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> oh, no. We didn't play three quarterbacks in that game. We played two quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Both of them sucked, and both of them failed to Justin. So he's cheaper than giving up three first-round picks to go and try to get to number one. But if we can get to number one, let me say this. Squid Billy, I know you're hearing me. Go ahead and take Jaden Daniels. Okay. Because he's the best of the ones out there. Caleb Williams is nice, but eh, it's an RGD thing. And uh, I'm not going to be a liar. Mr. Trubisky and Drake May wear the same number or the same size, <laughs> have the same stats. And they also play for the same team. I'm just saying. All right, yo, I appreciate the phone call. Um, yeah. Now, look, Drake May is one of those guys that I, I, <laughs> I'm kind of sold on, but it's because I watched him play in person, mm-hmm. and and I would not say that Mitchell Trubisky and Drake May are the same person outside of wearing the same number yeah, and look, going to the said, University of North Carolina. All, yeah, they 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 got some similarities in, in the look department as far as just size and whatnot and where yeah. they went. But I, I think Drake May is a completely different player than me. Yeah, I think he's uh and, and honestly actually I would I would have to pull the numbers in college, but I think Drake is a more accurate passer uh and more able to move his feet. Like the guy he he got some scrambling ability because I watched him do it against the Georgia State Panthers um, when I thought Georgia State was going to win that game. Oh, is that what year was that? Now I'm forgetting. I think it was 2021 that he did that. It may have been 22. Um, but yeah, Georgia State was up on North Carolina, and it was like, oh wow, they might pull this off. Uh, and no, Drake May said, hold on one second, I got this one. Uh, and made a lot happen with his legs in that game. Uh, but, uh, yeah, and North Carolina definitely uh, came back. But that's just one of those, like, when you see a guy with, with talent in person, it makes you kind of go, I don't know, maybe you you move up for that. Um, Jaden Daniels is also, like, he is one of those guys that I I can convince my, like, if the Falcons go get him, 
you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to convince myself that he is the right guy. Mm -hmm. But just trading up for him, Dom, just doesn't feel like when I – I mean, you see like Trey Lance, Sam Darnold, Mitchell Trubisky, Jared Goff, Carson Wentz. You know, like these are names that people traded from around the same spot that the Falcons are in up into the top three to go get these guys. And it did not work out. Now, you're you're constantly searching for that guy. And a lot of people get it wrong. And the teams that have gotten it right did it moving up from 12 to 7 and uh, what, 25 to to 12 or 27 to 10 you know, uh, of guys that um, you, you can say whatever you want about, like, Deshaun Watson now, like, the nasty man. I get it. But that was the right decision for the Texans at the time. They they made the right move. They could never have predicted that things would end up like they did. But nevertheless, you know, Patrick Mahomes, that's a guy they traded up for. But this is, this is middle of the draft. This is a completely different type of draft than what we're dealing with right now, where it seems like the first three quarterbacks are going to go boom, 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 one, two, three. And trading up for those top three picks has not gone well the last 10 years for any of the teams that have done so. So that's got me wiping my hands. And as Yo brought up, trading for for Justin Fields isn't going to be that expensive. At least it doesn't. And if it is, if they're going number eight pick, okay. Then you go get a free agent and you kick this thing down the road for a couple more years. But that's because your options were limited at that point. Um, but, uh, yeah, just don't go and get the wrong guy. And it feels like teams that have traded up into the top three have done that. All right. When we get back, Brady Weiler of uh, GSU Panther Talk going to help us break down what happened with this whole Sean Elliott leaving Georgia State to go to South Carolina. It's all coming up next on the Dopey Millennial Show, Sports Radio 989 The Game and the Odyssey app. It's the weekend. And more from the Dopey Millennials show is on. As a millennial, I'm part of the most advanced crop of humans that our species has ever seen. From Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Sports Radio, 929 The Game, and the Odyssey app. It is the Dopey Millennial Show. I'm Caleb Johnson here with you going until uh, 10 o'clock tonight. I almost did it again, Dom. I almost did it again. We're going until 10 tonight. Uh, you want to do an extra hour? <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> oh. um, no, I, I don't want to do the Dukes and Bell shift, man. The five hours of radio, that's, hour? uh, that's a workout. That is a full-out workout. I want to go to sleep. Afterwards, <laughs> yes, uh, four hours. I still want to do that, but uh, nevertheless, still love getting to talk to you, uh, all you guys. Uh, this past week, I, I, I keep wanting to say this week, but it is now Monday, we're into a new week. But last week, something shocking dropped uh, in the city of Atlanta. Now, Dom and I, Georgia State Panthers, love to love to you know root for our team. Um, not expecting to see the announcement of head coach Sean Elliott is leaving Georgia State and going to South Carolina. And you're like, oh, did this man, you know, well, clearly 
he's not taking over as head coach out there, but um, you know, he's he's kind of following suit. And apparently, this recent trend of going from head coach to coordinator, Chip Kelly. Uh, did it at UCLA and, uh, oh, what's his name at Boston College? Did it as well, making the jump. I know, I constantly forget his name. You know, Dom, I have to write his name down all the time because he is that forgettable, but is making the jump from Boston College going to uh, uh, the Packers to be defensive coordinator. But head coach John Elliott deciding he is taking the tight ends coach at South Carolina. And so, rightfully so, a lot of us have a lot of questions. And with that, we're going to go out to the waitfor.com hotline and bring in Brady Weiler of GSU Panther Talk. Brady, how are you doing tonight, man? Doing good. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Now, Brady, when you first learned uh, of this move, that, that head coach Sean Elliott is moving on from Georgia State after seven seasons and is going to South Carolina, which apparently is like home for, for him, uh, what did you make of the announcement? Yeah, so the timing was the the craziest part because I think right. if you had said a couple of months ago that he was going to leave for a job at South Carolina, I would not have shocked many people around Georgia State because his family lives there. It's where he coached before he was at Georgia State, and there's definitely an affinity there that you know clearly he's taking this job. He still got the timing of it as they were about to start game uh, day three of spring practice was certainly shocking. I was not expecting to do a whole coaching thing at this point <laughs> in the off season, yeah, but at the end of the regular season, you know, they had been six and one, they lost heavily to Georgia Southern, James Madison and app state in quick succession, and then blew a 21 point halftime lead against old dominion in the final game of the regular season. And at that point, I think fan frustration for kind of hitting a plateau, it reached a certain point. And so I put out on Twitter in a little thread, I was basically the gist of it was, I think a mutual parting of ways for Sean Elliott and Georgia State will not be the worst outcome. And I even mentioned maybe he was going to take a position coach job at an SEC school. It turned out to be exactly what happened. It was just a couple months later than I was expecting. I, it wasn't, you know... I think they could have kept going to bowl games, but I'm, I think that the, the upside for Georgia State fans, I think that they feel they can bring someone in who could maybe take them the, the level past this point. All right, Brady. Uh, when it comes to this move, do you, do you think this had more to do with the you know, level of difficulty of dealing with uh, you know, a Georgia State where if you win, everyone is going to pick apart your team uh, in the transfer portal uh, and if you lose, then obviously people want you out of there. Or do you think this is more on Elliott's ability to end up at South Carolina? Yeah, so I think there's a piece of it where Georgia State's had 11 players the last two off seasons go into the portal and end up at a power conference school. So an entire side of the ball mm -hmm. between really impact players. You know, Jamari Thrash ended up at Louisville, is a really good receiver. This past offseason, Marcus Carroll goes to Missouri, is a running back. There's certainly a part of it that is a frustration, especially at the group of five level where you're recruiting these guys, you're developing them, you're even finding some guys, maybe your diamonds in the rough. And if they go out and have a thousand yards as a wide receiver or running back, a power conference school is going to come offer them a lot of money to come play there. And that's hard for them to turn down the prospect of that, especially if they got, you know, they want to be at the next level of the NFL. But in this case, I don't really think that's the entire story because in what he has put out publicly, you know, he t talked after he's got given some quotes after this move. And he said, this was a profession, not a professional move, but a personal move. 
We've made it work for seven years, and my family's still living in Columbia. And I even thought about not coaching this year. I had promised my daughter I would be there for her senior year of high school, and when this opportunity came up, it was something I couldn't pass up. And so while I'm sure there was a lot of frustration with how the roster was getting picked apart and how you're having to re-recruit your guys every offseason, basically, I do think this was a one-of-one move in the way that it played out. That's uh, that's part of this that I had not I had wondered about. I I didn't see that quote, but makes so much sense. Is the the senior year of high school thing uh, that feels like for so many different guys that you know being in in this role and in this business of you missing so much of your family time, um, you know you you don't get that back, and so it it kind of makes sense of making those personal moves. All right, talking with Brady Weiler of GSU Panther Talk on the waitfor.com hotline. Brady, how do you think that that Panther fans uh, and just college football fans in general will view Sean Elliott's tenure at Georgia State? Obviously, seven seasons, you go to five bowl games. Um, but then with the fact of, you know, yeah, you leave on third day of, of spring camp and now things are postponed and it's made this kind of really awkward. How do, how do you think his tenure uh, gets looked at, uh, you know, kind of down the road? Yeah, I mean, objectively, he raised the, the floor of this program immensely. It was a real I – mean, they made the transition to FBS before they were really ready. And so Trent Miles had some really bad teams, some of which weren't his fault. Um, but he made one bowl game in his time at Georgia State. Sean Elliott came, and they've been to five. And, you know, said multiple times the new record for wins in a regular season went four and one of those bowl games. And so when they got those national TV moments when a lot of people are maybe watching Georgia State for the first time, made a good impression. Um, I think on the fan side, you know, the most wins they got in the season was they got eight in 2021. They got seven on three other occasions, and they got six, and they went six and four in the COVID year in 2020. But there was definitely a feeling growing that like this was the most they could get to, and so I think there is a frustration that it's been seven years and they haven't been able to take that leap when you've been in a conference with teams like South Alabama and Louisiana and Troy and James Madison, who just came to the FBS level two years ago, getting to 10 wins some of them winning the Sun Belt during that time when you have made bowl games, but not really made that leap. And so it's a mix. It's certainly, I think people have to be real and recognize how bad it really was before he got here. But I think the same people are going to be excited because someone else maybe is going to come in and have the ability to take them to that next, next level. Sean Elliott will still give me as a fan and a lot of people their favorite Georgia state win August 31st, 2019, 38-30 when uh, Georgia went up to Knoxville. I was there in person and uh, watched the upset, but uh, now his time comes to an end. All right, talking with Brady Weiler on the wadefor.com hotline. Brady, the Panthers getting this waiver from the NCAA to postpone spring practice and spring game. Um, before we get into the conversation of who could potentially come in and, and take over this job, just how do you think that affects this team overall of having to do this postponement uh, at this kind of awkward time in the spring? I'm sure a lot of people's first impression when they heard this news was probably surprised that Georgia State was having spring practice in the middle of February. Mm -hmm. It's the second straight year where they have done this, and it's something Coach Elliott went back to because he wanted to do it last year to get them so they could immediately continue their work in the weight room, and it paid off started off six and one this past season 
And the other part of that, you know, you're doing this in the middle of spring practice. Okay, it's still February. So they're going to get a coach in next couple of weeks probably. They're still going to be able to do a spring game by April. And so while there's going to be a lot of sleepless nights for the new staff and while I'm sure it was a jarring event for the players in the program, the reality is on the football side, it's probably going to end up playing like a pretty normal offseason from this point. So I don't know how much of a difference it's going to make. Um, I think the resilient kids and at the end of the day, they're still going to get a normal spring, just kind of a, a weird start to it. Sure. Uh, now, I, w- I was trying to remember with the transfer portal closing, uh, but a head coach leaving, does that open any possibility of players moving or are they locked into this team? No, anytime there's a coaching change, there's a 30-day window what I thought. that they okay. can leave. So as of now, there's not been any kind of exodus. So I think a lot of players are in wait-and-see mode with who comes in as the new head coach. But also because it's not until May that teams can really recruit you again and you can go places um, when that window back opens back up, there's still probably going to be some attrition. And just right now, there's no reason to jump at this point but uh, they do have the opportunity with coaching changes in the next month to uh, leave if they choose to do so. Okay, Brady, and uh, trying to get a a scope on potential replacements. Uh, What have you heard as far as names out there, uh, and how realistic is an internal hire going to be uh, for for Georgia State moving on? Yeah, I would kind of rule out the internal hire – It's something that uh, was reported in the media, not been made official from the school yet, but the strength coach, Mike Siriano, was planned to be named the interim head coach um, just as a case of keeping the trains on time while there's this change going on. He will not be a candidate, but you kind of figure if they're not going to hire someone on staff for the interim job, probably not going to be a candidate for the uh, actual job itself. Sure. Um, Interviews starting this week, uh, like I say, I expect it to move pretty quickly. A uh, couple of names like, from the fan base side that jumped out immediately, kind of in the same way that Jonas Hayes on the basketball side was an early name that even fans were like, I want to get this guy. Brian McClendon, wide receivers coach for Georgia, Del McGee, running backs coach for Georgia. Little cold water thrown on the McClendon part of this because he, according to Adam Schefter, accepted the job with Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. So that threw some cold water on that. But uh, the other thing that I was not expecting was not where my eye was going with this is, the potential for it to be a sitting FCS head coach sounded like there was some interest in getting maybe a guy who's wanted other places and can bring that in. So I think those are the two ways you can really look at it from my perspective. You bring in someone who's won maybe at a lower level, or you go to a guy who's a power conference assistant, guys like McClendon or McGee, that can really max out the recruiting potential because that's certainly something that while Georgia State put a lot of wins together – they were never really major players at the G5 level recruiting. I think a lot of people, and I'm one of them, have the feeling that with the Atlanta location and being in the state of Georgia, you're in a good spot that you could really make those gains in recruiting. And it really really hasn't happened with this program to date. And so those are kind of the two paths I see this going. Okay. The, the, let me add a third path and get your thoughts on this because it was thrown out to me uh, well, I saw it on social media as well as, as heard from uh, uh, Rusty Manziel, who spoke on it. Uh, and I don't know if it's one of those. I don't know whether to be insulted or to just speak to the fact of the the talent of coaches in the state of Georgia. But the idea was thrown out of do you have a conversation with any of the really talented high school head coaches in the state of Georgia? 
Do you think that's something they even listen to? Um, or is that just so far outside of the scope of reality? I mean, I think it wouldn't be so outlandish to think that when the hire is made, an assistant gets hired and they have been a Georgia State um, high school coach. I feel like it might be too much of a jump for the head spot. But, sure. I mean, look around. You know, Jimmy Smith was a, the running backs coach for Georgia State in 2019, and he's now at Arkansas. He was at Cedar Grove High School before he got the assistant job at Georgia State. And I'm sure you look across programs across the SEC, other places in the South, you've probably got guys who made their start in high school football. And so it's definitely not something I would rule out entirely, but I, I would expect it to be someone from the college ranks, just who's got that background current college football, especially with the way it's changed the last couple of off seasons. All right. That is Brady Weiler of GSU Panther Talk. Follow him on social media at Brady M. Weiler. Appreciate you uh, coming on the show, sir. No, thanks, Caleb. All right. When we get back, going to get into uh, the leftovers, headlines that we didn't get into earlier in the show, as well as revisiting some things that may have changed in the three hours that we've been going so far, heading into hour number four right here on the Dopey Millennial Show. Caleb Johnson, Sports Radio 929 The Game and the Odyssey app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.